you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. David, football, football David. The David. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and nfl.com slash Shek. S-H-E-K, Shek, As promised, a little delayed, we are finally going to have the conversation that I've wanted to have about the last two months and how that second down play in Phoenix, Arizona, or I should say Glendale, Arizona, really changed a lot more than who got to drive home or fly home with that uh, silver trophy, the Lombardi. A lot of pieces. I think dominoes might have fallen differently in free agency. I wonder how the coaches would be regarded. We're going to get into all of that with the boss from around the NFL, Greg Rosenthal, and we're going to do a little video of it um, besides, so be on the lookout for that at NFL.com too, but you can listen to it in audio. That'll be in just a few minutes. In the meantime, he's already here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! What's up, Dave? The boss. What's the poop, fella? I don't know if I've ever done a podcast with Henry and you. This is exciting. You just tipped it. People can't see. This is an audio podcast. They can't (laughs) see him They should know. They should know he's listening. First things first. Muzzle tub on baby number two. Thank you, sir. I feel sad. Yeah, he won't care as much, but your little girl is probably heartbroken like most women, most young girls, about this whole Zane business. Is Zane. she going, I'm going through Zane pain myself. The kid who left One Direction. Oh, I was lost there. 
You don't know about Zane Payne? Why Where are you at, I, man? I knew he let. I knew there was a One Direction departure. I did not know how his name was pronounced exactly. It doesn't really. I might like be it. mispronouncing it myself, but I assume it rhymes with pain since well, I've seen little, online it's Zane Payne. She's only three and a half, so she's a little too young. We don't expose her to that. I got you. Lucinda Williams, maybe I, for her. Can I be honest with you? I don't actually have Zane Payne. I just think it's a good thing to touch on what's what's topical, you know, yeah. and in the now. Let's say hello to the man who was just mentioned uh, a moment ago. Prematurely, he's our resident Miami Dolphins fan all the way from London, England. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed, thank you, Dave. You look tan. Do I? Yeah. Did you get some sun? You know what I did? I went on on Sunday. I went to Phoenix, Arizona, where you and ah, I yes. spent a lot of uh, a lot of um, happy days during Super Bowl week. And I went to something called the Veteran Combine, and it was really hot. Like Phoenix, Arizona. So it was at the Cardinals training facility, and it's whatever it is, March the about the twentieth then, and it was ninety degrees in the middle of the day, and I was outside all the time, and I managed to remember because I'm not, I'm not very good at remembering to put on the sun cream stuff. And so, sun cream. What do you guys call it? Sunscreen. Sunscreen. Okay, cool. Um, and so normally what'll happen is I'll come back and I'll be red, and it's embarrassing when you're the guy who's sunburned. But so I was really proud of myself that I put it on like three or four times during the day, and so I, I just got a tan. It's nice. But you're the first Brit to ever have a tan. It's true. It's illegal. I can't go back. Um, but uh, it did make me think the Cardinals during training camp during July. I mean, it was 90 degrees yeah, by right. 11 o'clock in the morning during training camp in July. It must be 120 degrees outside. I mean, seriously, it was that hot. I can't imagine doing I just can't. I mean, I can't really imagine going through an NFL training camp anyway, but I can't deal with that heat. If it was me, I'd be like, I'm going inside to the air conditioning. What do they do? I think they they have a bubble. Very they early have a bubble. in the morning. New Orleans is crazy. I've, I was going to say Miami or Miami, one of those humid places. To, I've been to their training camp, and it is hot. I've been to the one in Metairie with the Saints, and, yeah, it's like yeah. 100 degrees every day and as humid as possible. And there's a lot of True. bugs flying around in that Metairie. It's disgusting. They yeah. actually last year went to West Virginia for training camp, and some Saints fans think that gave it bad mojo, and that's why uh-huh. they had such a bad season. Well, speaking of that, I've gotten a lot of heat on social media because I floated. Reckless speculation is what it's called. I recklessly speculated a week or two ago that the Saints were going to trade Drew Brees to maybe to the Jets, maybe to D.C., maybe to the second spot in Tennessee, and now Loomis and Peyton have shot that down, and everybody's letting me know about it. I said, it's reckless speculation. What do you want from me? And that doesn't mean that it's still not going to happen, by the way. Right. It still could go down I wouldn't be way. surprised if Sean Payton read your article. Yeah. Really? Because he went on a rant <laughs> about it, and he's got PR people there that put things in front of him each day, and he went on a rant about uh, speculative journalism. And he had this whole thing, like, why are people just making up People crazy? seem, he did say, people seem to like speculation these yeah, days. And yeah! And yes, they do! Yeah. That's right. It's funny. It all kind of is in a circle <laughs> you know here. Because you know who pu- who really is pushing us to do these sort of things? It's Handsome Hank. And he is the man pulling the strings. You know what's interesting about this? Peyton Manning <laughs> refused to do an interview with me 
because of some of my speculation. <laughs> my speculation that included he'll never win a Super Bowl again, and so far I've been proven correct. Uh, whoever wrote that narrative can shove that one where the sun don't shine. All right, Peyton. <laughs> and, but, and, and now Sean Peyton doesn't like speculation. Maybe I'm on his bad list as well. Well, in that case, Greg Rosenthal and his team of around the NFLers are going to be on a lot of bad lists because yesterday they did a piece which you should go look at on NFL.com, which was six trades we'd like to see happen. Yeah, we basically ripped off. Even more speculation. Unintentionally. Yeah, I loved it. I, yeah, I, I wrote uh, one of those a year or two ago, too. Yeah, so it doesn't mean any of them are going to happen, everybody. Right. That's a, but it's fun to talk about. It, it is not? also, if you blindfolded yourself, although this would be difficult, if you read it blindfolded and didn't, you couldn't do that. But if you did and you didn't know who wrote each one of them, the different ATN guys, it was interesting. Mark Sessler, for example, wants Philip Rivers to be traded to the Browns. Yeah, it was basically a like lot of them are like fan wish <laughs> fan fantasy, kind of wish fulfillment. Dan Handis wants Tom Brady and the rest of the Patriots to just wear green jerseys. For no, he, he actually backed off his Jets one and didn't. You have to be fair. Yeah, I, I thought about that. I was going to throw Tavon Austin to the Patriots, and I thought, right. wow, that actually that just sounds ridiculous. That is one of the more fun things to uh, about listening to sports. Sports radio, a local sports yes. radio show, is when the locals call in to say, "Hey, we should get Mike Trout of the Halos right. in exchange for six terrible right. contracts that exactly. we have." <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm sure the I'm sure the Angels have been waiting for a call like that. <laughs> right? We didn't really provide specifics on how exactly the Bills are going to acquire right. Drew Brees, but yeah. it just seemed like it's, it's in the fun. name of fun. The Bills who don't have cap room or first round picks, but they're going to get Drew Brees in. Regarding that veterans uh, combine, is that elimination Uh-oh. chamber? What's Whoa. going on, guys? Hello, Black Tie. Behind he just—he just wants some attention. I know. This is Black <laughs> yeah. Tie's nightmare to see Greg <laughs> Rosenthal making nice with us on the DDFP, because all Black Tie—I mean, his entire workday is devoted to driving a wedge between right. all uh, the podcasts. Yeah, TD's only all on the same team, guys. You're all only on 13 team. different podcasts all week, so you needed to get a little more air. Time. But you see, if I, everybody I just, starts getting along, then it reduces his significance. Well, he wants to I be mean, the straw. We learned. We learned. We all learned from the 50 Cent Ja Rule beef that once when you have beef, mm. success happens. Mm-hmm. So I like I that. You. I like that drama. Anyway. That's a good point. This could the lead to gunshot. We're talking Drew Brees, talking Peyton Manning. So I was thinking veteran quarterbacks entering the 2015 season, Peyton Manning, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, and Tony Romo eliminate one for the 2015 season. Greg Rosendahl probably isn't familiar with the elimination chamber. I think I can pick it, figure it out here. All right. Handsome, why don't you show us? Well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll show you the way. One of those guys actually started to help us eliminate himself from the elimination chamber last year. His name's Peyton Manning. Correct. And he's, that's who I'm eliminating. It's not, this isn't a difficult one. not going to eliminate Tony Romo right. at this point. Peyton, Peyton actually was like, uh, guys, I'll go. About midway, like quarter, three quarters of the way through last season, he was like, I think Black Tie's going to do an elimination chamber next March. Let me give you a hand. I mean, devil's advocate, though. I mean, his first 10, 12 weeks before he got hurt. What if it was just him getting hurt as opposed to him getting old and just losing? Is Phil Rivers going to fall off a cliff? No. Is Tony Romo going to struggle without DeMarco Murray? Maybe. All right, those are true. But I would make the case for Drew Brees. When you watch Drew Brees on a game-to-game basis – I don't know if he's – he's not Drew Brees from three or four years ago, and I don't know if he's Peyton Manning right now. I don't think Drew Brees is putting together 12 games like Peyton Manning did. I would eliminate Well, you know, the other wow. factor – the other thing that you have to really open your mind to 
is the idea, uh, yes, every pl- professional athlete talks about, I want to be on a winner. I, well, you know, once in a while, you'll uh, someone will sneak through with a bit of honesty and say, yeah, I want to get paid more than anybody else. But more often than not, it's about winning. You know, as long as we finish uh, with, with a W, that's all that matters to me. We've talked to enough guys here on the show. and In fact, earlier this week, Bucky Brooks and, uh, and Michael Robinson, I encourage you, Nate, the man, you go back and listen to that one, if only to hear Michael Robinson and I re, uh, reenact uh, the, the, the uh, memorable scene from Glory. But also, Bucky Brooks talks about ego. And, of course, professional athletes have big egos. And it's a weird switch for Peyton Manning and Drew Brees to suddenly accept the fact that, yeah, this is a run-based offense. Yeah, you're complimentary in this situation. John Elway did it sort of 20 years or so ago when Terrell Davis broke out there, but they were still slinging it more than you remember. Everybody has sort of written that off to, yes, Terrell Davis was the difference maker, but it's not as though they didn't continue to throw it a little bit. It's interesting. Peyton Manning and Drew Brees going to be willing to just turn around and hand it off 60% of the time? I don't see them being cool with that. No, but I, the interesting, I mean, if you are, if you do believe that Drew Brees is on that list, not to rewind this whole conversation, but surely with the perceived value that Brees has, maybe Manning doesn't have it because everyone thinks this is probably Manning's last year. But that would make sense in that case for the Saints to trade Drew Brees. Of course! Well, well, because because he's at the point. But this, they don't. this is the ultimate trade that you yeah. want. You see a guy on a downswing, at the beginning of his downswing, and feel like you can still get pretty good value for him. Well, they don't believe that. And they also sure? see him as... he's. Like, not Joe Namath. He's Jim Brown in Cleveland or John Elway in Denver. I mean, he brought New Orleans a Super Bowl title. So you better have a good quarterback somehow coming in return to replace him or no one is, you know, signing up for season tickets. The ownership there is a little bit of an issue right now. There's a lot swirling. There's there's just things I don't like there. And people forget a few years ago when you watched Drew Brees, he has a lot of Brett Favre in him where he's just going to go for it and and makes a lot of big-time mistakes. And I think we could see that more and more as this team gets worse. Well, by the way, here's what you could do to pacify the fans, the locals in New Orleans, make it with the second for the second overall pick. Right. Take Mariota. Oh, and hey, Titans, you also got to give us Zach Mettenberger, who played at Baton Rouge for us. <laughs> the locals would like that. That would be a nice little. Mettenberger is what puts it over the top. <laughs> I think I would. Listen, if you're going to deal them, I'm just saying that would that okay. sweetens the pot just a little bit. People would say, well, listen, we got we got we got uh, Mettenberger. What do you and then about, what? Everybody? What do you do? Just give him to the say, here you go, New Orleans. We don't need him for the team. Here's Zach Mettenberger. Do what I don't what know. You it's want. like dangling shiny keys. Maybe right. by the time they 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 stop being fascinated by those, they would forget about number nine completely. Right. You really give those Saints fans a lot of credit. I'm sure you won't be hearing a word from them. Nah, well, believe I've already <laughs> been know. bludgeoned by them verbally for suggesting that I trade that. Their uh, their Peyton Saint uh, uh, Drew Brees. Hey, real quick. Speaking of things that we like to do for fun, before we jump in with uh, Rosenthal here um, to look back at the, the last two months of Patriots and Seahawks and the changes they've made. Um, Black tie. You. It's also March Madness time. And black tie, I usually don't go in for these brackets. I find them cheesy at this point. Everybody does them now, so it's done. We, you know, you started I, the whole thing, didn't you? I know that you say that. Sardonically, I, I, there's but nothing sard- I mean, I know that March mean, Madness I, was. I don't mean, think I started doing it, but I de- I was in on it a decade ago when other people weren't doing I it. I mean, uh, creating brackets of other things of other at things. the time yes. of the NCAA yeah. tournament. Okay. Right, I did once a decade ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a decade For what? ago. In what capacity? On I radio did. Show? Yeah, on a radio show. Yeah, okay. I done my radio show. I did 
the greatest uh, villains, greatest movie and TV villains of all time. I went the extra mile, though. I actually did the fight calls for the matchups. Mm. So Magneto against uh, against Johnny uh, against Johnny from Cobra Kai. Was Jaws in there from James Bond? Jaws was in there. Henry's taking offense because he's the impresario behind our own. I, I mean, I'm not. I know. I, I realize it's not a not no because this one's not because Handsome's NFL media's bracket right now is the greatest NFL games of all time. That's not cheesy. Right. This isn't trying to be cutesy. Oh, and by the way, let me let me see what you think about this. The the greatest team Don't you want to know who won? No, the greatest team of the last 15 years, okay, in the Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions, the biggest play in Super Bowl history that we're about to talk about that changed everything. And in Henry's bracket, that game has a three seed. In four different – so it's not even one of the top eight games of all time is what no, – Are you worried about being a prisoner of the moment? Of course. that To me, that is a top three Super Bowl of all time. Yeah, top three Super Bowl. I think it was one of the top three Super Bowls. Doesn't mean it's one of the top three games of all time. Oh, that's craziness. Well, the by the way, so ever. yeah, go and vote on I mean, that. Bracketology, NFL.com slash Bracketology. Thank you, Dave. And also, Terrell Davis and I, we've uh, invoked his name a couple of times this week. He and I are sitting down next week and doing the NFL's Infinite DVR. We're going to watch the original broadcast mm. of a great Super Bowl, Brett Favre's Packers trying to repeat after defeating the New England Patriots in the year prior against the Denver Broncos. Terrell Davis and I are going to sit there and go through this game. It's going to be a gangbusters time. Make sure you you don't miss that. But in the meantime, another bracket. We did do one here on DDFP because Black Tie had a gangbusters idea, and so we did it. It's the greatest movies of all time that Black Tie has never seen. (laughs) Black Tie, who fancies himself a cinephile, that's really the point. If the you point. said, hey, listen, so what? So I don't watch movies. Well, I wouldn't be interested in this. But the fact that you love movies and you love to talk about movies and yet have never seen any of them no, is fascinating. You know what that tells me about you? I never actually What's it say you? I'm a cinephile. You always say that. So that to me just makes me. But you're in. You love. You assume. Do you love you, the movies? I do. I love the movies. All right. Oh. Well, then. So there you go. So, yeah. I'm just saying I never regard defense? myself as a cinephile. No. But, you like to break down well, acting performances. Well, and movies. Movie scores, character motivation. Why with right? So right. So so that is somebody who likes to engage in conversations about movies. I was also born in 1987 and grew up in a different country. Right, but you've been the other country thing. I can't really account for, but I was born in a year too. Doesn't mean I've never seen movies prior to that. I'm sorry, uh, Greg. Well, do you just? You, but you've been here now for a while, and yeah. you've been working here. You've been in Los Angeles. Like, do you not like yourself? You want to withhold <laughs> enjoyment from it? I mean, you love movies, so it's it's not like it's, you're not going to love these movies. Here's my thing. A lot of times I just feel like it's I had to go all the way back. i got to devote like two to three hours to a movie. That's the thing that bothers me. Sitting at home and watching a movie, that's three <laughs> hours of my time. I'd much rather watch a TV show. It's a one-hour I'll do that. I'll go to the movie theater to watch a movie any day of the week. That I'll do. I'll do that solo. I love going to movies solo. What about the revival houses? I've got one right near my house. That it shows The Godfather every month. It seems. Whoa! How about that? Come on over. Maybe I'll do that. We'll have a little date. Well, just to review, if you aren't up to speed, get in and vote now. Because what? Are we in the round of eight on this bracket? We are in the Elite Eight. NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K, to cast your vote. Just to to list a couple of these off here. (laughs) I want to hear. And Bucky Bucky Brooks and Michael Robinson were just the latest to be just flabbergasted and floored by the movies that Black Tie hasn't seen. They include The Godfather, Goodfellas, Star Wars. Forrest Gump, 
Top Gun. That's that loss in the first round, round of sixteen. What did Top, Top Gun? Gun? Top yeah. Gun's out. Well, that's fine. That's I'm, I'm excited for you to see any of these movies. Yeah. Oh, I'm seeing the Final Four, so just. All right, so where are we? Bring us up to speed. Elite Eight. Right now, it's uh, number one seed, Shawshank Redemption, going up against Pulp Fiction. That's a really close vote. That's, right oh, that's and Shawshank you haven't seen. Right. Yep. That's another Pulp ridiculous. The next, the next round is uh, Star Wars. He, that's because he, he doesn't like, like Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino movies, yeah. even though he's never seen he's Reservoir never seen Dogs or Pulp Fiction. <laughs> but I do want to see Pulp Fiction, though. He also wh- – where's Raiders of the Lost Ark? That's the one I'm now waiting for. Star Wars against, saving, uh, against a three seed, Saving Private Ryan. Mm, that's one seed, one. The I Godfather, <laughs> up against the two seed, Fight Club. I'll see either. Oh, I hope Godfather wins that. And then the last matchup is number one seed, Forrest Gump, up against number two seed, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. Oh. Well, I'm voting for Raiders of the Lost Ark. How do we vote for this? Because yes, you, NFL.com slash Sheck. Okay. Hey, here's, a, here's a sneak preview. You can live without Forrest Gump. I mean... I agree. And I've seen I I've always seen thought glitz. that Forrest Gump was a little bit. Uh, a I, little bit? Well, I, don't, I wouldn't people even adore it. it. People adore that I picture. I they do. But the message is, well, because it's sweeping and covers so much of American history. No, no, no history. I get it. I mean, if you, for me, if there's Black Tie refuses to see movies made by Quentin Tarantino or starring Tom Cruise, my one is Tom Hanks. I can't. I I find I just can't watch him. Really? Every movie's a little too I hear saccharine, you. sugary. The thing like, I don't like right, about Tom it. Hanks is he seems. Um, I, he, he, I've heard him say some nice things, but he seems reluctant to acknowledge that he had a career before he started winning Academy Awards. It seems like he doesn't want to embrace the fact or acknowledge that uh, Bachelor Party exists, and it's super funny. It's a really funny movie. That's all there is to it. But Forrest Gump is... I don't want to watch Forrest the Gump. Message for Forrest sure. Gump. The message of Forrest Gump is... If if you just are a simpleton, you can kind of uh, yeah. slide by in life. That's the best way. Don't ask too many questions about life. Just just go with it. Everything will work out. I don't know if that's a is great that the message. There's a lot of strange, there's a lot of strange roll messages with it. in that movie. I agree. I don't know that. what I didn't. Their relationship what? is very strange yeah. in that movie. There's. I, I hope it, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I did want to ask you though, Black Tie. Have you ever seen? Because these are movies that are considered great. Most of that list, at least, are great movies. As far as awards and prestige and all that. But have you ever seen Caddyshack? Nope. Have you ever seen... I was thinking of of funny movies. You've never seen Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze, which is shameful. No, it's not. I've never seen Roadhouse. Well, shame on you, too. Okay. Have you seen it? I've seen Roadhouse, yeah. Thank you. And you enjoyed it. I, I, mean, I remember watching it at school when I was about eight. Cinematic classic, really. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a lot of that movie's terrific. You see, what he is, he's a, he's a bouncer. Yeah. You know, well, he's not a bouncer. He's a cooler. And he's the best cooler in the business. And the premise of the picture is, is that this bar that's having trouble making it, they have to go out and they get the best cooler in they the bring business. Him in. As though... If you're a bouncer, if you're in the trade, you know all the bouncers in America. <laughs> oh, you got, you know what? You got to go to to Kansas City because they got a bouncer that beats the band out there. You know, <laughs> that's the and then he just cleans up the town. Basically, it's a wonderful movie. You really got to check this one out. I, I'll see it. I'll what see is it. the message of Roadhouse? If we're talking about messages of movies, well, don't don't take any guff. <laughs> CD, what's the be movie? nice until it's time to not be nice anymore? Right. That's the message. Also, the other message is pain don't hurt. That's, which is the that's, most illogical that's the message, message in movie history. Pain don't hurt. Right, what was your question? What's the movie you don't want to see on that list? Or what's the movie you do want to see the most? The movie I most don't want to see is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just have what? zero interest in that. 
Uh, and the movie I most want to see. Do you not like Harrison why, Ford? Why? Why? Harrison's cool. That shouldn't be last. So why would you Air, not This is his signature it. role, Air that Force, or Solo. Air Force One was one of my favorite movies growing up. Then you are going to... If you like that. Yeah. Air Force One is like a minor league player compared to right. an all-star yeah. Raiders. As a kid, star. that was fun. The president, I mean, I love... like. Did I you love, ever see Blade Runner? I love U.S. government under siege movies. And this is like to the next level. In the sky, then why do you think you aren't going to love Rangers of the Lost well, Stars? That's not, that's not U.S. government on the siege. But why do you not? But why don't you? Why is this the it's one you get like off? My First of all, the the most important thing is the fact that you don't want to see it means every single person listening right now is going to NFL.com/slash/check to vote for it quickly before you see it. Before you do, it we before it boils down to the final four. Very quickly, a handsome touches on something that uh, some people on Twitter have asked you to do. Explain what Raiders of the Lost Ark is about before you see it. What is in your head is, is, that you that's know. so hokey? What do you think is going to happen in it? I've seen glimpses, and just the, just the score turns me off. The that's, score, that's, the score <laughs> is wonderful. He's that's a, that's his oh, thing. He's, he's, it's I know he's it big just, on movie scores. So it's just eh. what? I, stop saying it's hokey and well, tell me what, what don't what you like. like? That's that's all I'm basing it off of. It's the oh, score. Exactly. Just the sound and flow of the movie. Is You're an interesting so, man. You yeah. are going to go gaga. thing is, people One love it. One of the great, it's such a fun picture. Yeah, and people exactly, know that score. They love it's that like, score. Yeah. People love the music yeah. in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, so, hey, it's like, no. Here's no. my guarantee. Of the four movies that he's going to wind up watching... He will, one of them will go straight, I don't know which one it's going to be, one of them will go straight into the top five movies he's ever seen. Ah, I love that. And, That's and a guarantee. Black Tie, the only thing I ask of you, you know how, you know the rule. What's the cardinal rule here? No jive. Right. Yeah. So you have to not you jive. Like. You can't jive even the man in the mirror. I want you to be honest with yourself. I'll be honest. You can't say because you've decided that Raiders of the Lost Ark is garbage. You cannot then I'll if you honest. love it, you have to say, I'll all right, you know what? I'll be honest, man. You'll I love no Pupkin. You'll love Fight. You got to make like Orback at the end of Dirty Dancing, right? Yeah. We'll you're do. wrong. You'll say you're wrong. We'll and do. Raiders, I can't imagine. Five minutes in, you're going to love Raiders. Those are five, the first five or ten minutes of right. Raiders of the Lost Ark are enough to win you. Um, Star Wars, same thing. The first couple minutes is Darth Vader's. Dar- the reveal of Darth Vader, I contend is the greatest introduction of a bad guy in movie history. Now you're going to spoil it. Well, it's I don't not going to spoil anything. I don't I'm know. probably about, I would say, a month away from sitting down with my eldest son in preparation for well, the, the new, new Star Wars, Wars and watching six of them. Yeah. Back to back to back to back to back to back. Don't do it chronologically, though, no, right? No, no, no. You're going to just do, you're going to do New Hope. Yeah. Empire, yeah. Jedi, and then go back. That's what I call chronologically. Right. Chronologically point, means in you... order of time. Right. Speaking of greatest Not George Lucas, Lucas is made that. up time. <laughs> Speaking of great introductions for villains, Star Trek in, Into Darkness, my man Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. The very first George shot man. that you see of him, the one of the best. All right. Until uh, you see Darth Vader uh, walk out under the rebel ship, like you can't really. The first time anyone's ever said on. my man Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> wonder if Benedict knows about this honor, <laughs> that he's Black Tie's man. Young Kobe loves him. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it. Handsome, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time. You're kicking me out. Well, I, w- I want to spend some quality time with the that's boss right. here, one-on-one, and I want to take a look back at the last two months, starting off with that second down play in Glendale, Arizona. Let's get to it. Do-do-do-da-da-da-down, ba-da-down, ba-da-boom-bam-bam-dave. 
Hey, Greg Rosenthal, like I mentioned, you are a New England Patriots fan. You don't hide that fact. I embrace it. In a world where people say you're supposed to stay nice and objective, you know, listen, you you wear your heart on your sleeve. You were thrilled by the Patriots championship run, including the last couple minutes of that exhilarating Super Bowl, right? I mean, I when I left the stadium three years ago in Indianapolis and I saw Tom Brady with his head in his hands in the locker room, first I thought, what am I doing in this locker room? It's the most depressing thing ever. Go to the Giants locker room, talk to the winners. But I left that night and I thought, there's no way they're going to win another Super Bowl. That's all I wanted as a fan was that fourth one, one mm-hmm. more. Belichick and Brady just seemed to put an exclamation point. It validated the last decade and then – for them to do it like it was, I mean, that's the best sporting event I've ever seen. Like, well, people like to throw around words like narrative and legacy, and a lot were emboldened by the victory there. And some guys on the Seahawks probably fell back a step or two. It's fascinating what happened based on just one play. In case you don't recall, let's take a look back at that last little bit, the, the, a play that got a little bit of discussion in the days and weeks and months after the Super Bowl concluded here. Let's take a look at it here. You remember this, right? They're going to run it and win. What? They threw it. Malcolm Butler, who? It took me a second to figure out what happened. Like, I couldn't quite believe it. Meanwhile, Mark Sessler and everyone next to me is going crazy like they're Patriots fans. At that point, when they got to the six-yard line, everyone acted like the game was over. I said, they can still make a stop here. It's not over. Pete Carroll had a piece of gum. See? So that was what happened in that moment there. And, of course, celebration uh, across the land there, yourself included. Sure. And then in the days after, just just take a look here. Of course, Tom Brady, hero of heroes to Boston sports fans, gets that fourth ring, is called the greatest quarterback in Super Bowl history at least. Pete Carroll eviscerated Mm. for – the play call there for throwing the ball. Darrell Bevel eviscerated a little more, too. Yep. For how he handled it after the game. Correct. Gronk, this launched several weeks' worth of uh, of social media buzz for this guy. Got to get the one with him drinking a beer. And I guess the second greatest uh, tight end in the game, Jimmy Graham, moves to Seattle on the, uh, mm. on the dawn of free agency. This was the big, uh, the big blockbuster. Until this happened, Darrell Rivas departs your Patriots with a ring on his finger and goes back home, as he called it, to the New York Jets. So that's what gets us here. But let's back it all up here Mm. to that play. Let's say they do the right thing and hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch here and then talk about what goes down from here. Well, can I say they stopped him? Alan Branch, Sylvia Salaga. They, <laughs> they take him out for a two-yard loss. No. no, you can't say that. No, they would have scored the touchdown, of course, and they undid themselves, the Seahawks did, by calling a timeout down there after the curse catch. They burn a second timeout. Had they not done that, they would have committed to the run three straight plays. They would and have they had br- two they timeouts. They burned one earlier in the right. drive, too, and I, and I agree. I think that changed – they're thinking to the point where, oh, we got to use all three plays. I don't know why you have to use all three plays. You can just use two plays if one of them works. Everybody agrees, everyone under the sun, that they should have run the ball there, but they didn't. And it obscures, speaking of timeouts, of course, arguably, an even crazier coach's decision, Belichick not calling a timeout after Curse's catch there and after the first down play, 
Lynch takes him from about the five to about the one there, as you can see. Belichick allows the clock. I remember looking up at the clock. One minute left in the game and assuming, all right, the Patriots are going to stop it here. And instead, the clock just starts ticking down and down. What are you thinking at that moment? I am shocked that he didn't take the timeout. I'm kind of looking at Twitter. Everything's going by fast. I'm thinking, like, what is the thought process here? And Belichick said he met with his coaches after the Super Bowl to go over whether this was even the right thinking. He says they had the right people on the field. They didn't want to change anything. They liked how it was looking. It felt like Belichick was freezing there for a second. Well, so this is what we want to do. How would history look now, these last two months look, had that play gone the other way around? We like to play the NFL game and see how one moment in NFL history changes the future. Well, instead of Pete Carroll answering all those questions, it would have been Belichick. Belichick now exalted, held up by Bostonians, the greatest coach of all time. But this was a massive blunder, in my opinion. He would have been killed. I don't think it was a blunder because it worked out. There was a certain sort of logic in it that, hey, we're going to make them make their decisions fast. We've got the people on the field that we like, how we match up to them. No, maybe this we, is what maybe no. we think they're going to throw. Who knows? Maybe. You're rewriting history, as has Bill Simmons and a lot of other Boston sports okay. fans. You are imbuing Bill Belichick with the, the, the foresight to know this is getting in the Seahawks coaching staff's head. They are expecting us to call a timeout, right. but we're not going to give it to them. Do you think Bel- Bel- Bill Belichick was thinking that quickly that let's not call timeout because on the other side of the field, that's what they want us to do? Well, ultimately, he was right. By the time they you know, snapped the ball with 25 seconds left or whatever it was, then you knew it was the right decision. The Seahawks should have done a lot faster getting that next playoff because once you get to the point where it's 25 seconds and you're making time out of factor, it's it looks like a pretty smart move. But you're right. He would have been absolutely killed. He, the criticism that Carroll took after the Super Bowl, I think, would be nothing compared to what Belichick would have done. I mean, it would have been the most goddamn depressing thing I've ever seen in my life. Not only I losing, agree. Losing. It would have undone his legacy. That's exactly right. Belichick, the genius, especially on the heels of the fortnight's worth of deflate gate and all that nonsense. This then, it would be 10 full years since he won a Super Bowl. Yes, they would have had, the, they would have been the victims of yet another insane That would have been play. the focus. That would have been a huge part of the focus. Imagine that that would have been the chief discussion, not even the Belichick timeout. You're right. It would be, what did we do to deserve this football gods? It would have gone David Tyree. Right to Mario Manningham a couple of years ago, to the most crazy of them all, the curse catch. Imagine that. Really, I think this play... I don't want well, to. I shudder to think about it. I mean, this play by play call by, uh, by Carroll changes the way we regard the whole rest of the game, and it was a glorious one. That curse catch, people like to hold it up next to the Antonio Freeman overtime catch by the Packers in Lambeau Field. And people say, which which was the crazier catch? The, the, this one. Because why? There was a minute left in the Super Bowl. That's right. why. Right. And, well, you're also forgetting Malcolm Butler had to make the play. So, yes, you know, we're obscuring. Right, you know, he had to make an unbelievable interception. You know, nine times out of ten, no one's catching that pass. But you're right. Belichick, it would have changed the next month. I mean, it would have been a dour, depressing month in Boston. The snow is falling nonstop. Like the only thing that, that lit up that town was this Super Bowl title. And the third loss like that in a row, it would have really changed the whole way we look at this entire Patriots yes. run. It would suddenly feel like 
those first three, not that they weren't worth it. Of course, they'd be amazing, but that the pain of these last three almost overwhelms your memory of that ever happening. Yeah, and so and just to, just to make it clear, just to put this one to bed once and for all, yeah. people who try, yeah, Malcolm Butler made a great play. No, 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 no. The fact of the matter is this. They certainly, they, they, they got inside their own heads, did Pete Carroll and the rest of the Seahawks sure. uh, coaching staff, because they didn't have, they only had the one timeout left. They were trying to play out the next three plays. Right. Practically, they wouldn't have needed those. Had they run the ball here, they score in all likelihood. No one's stopping Marshawn Lynch in that offensive line. Certainly not the Patriots. Maybe they stop them on second down, timeout, throw it on third down, don't score, run it on fourth down with the Super Bowl on the line. How great would that have been? As good as this Super Bowl was, imagine if there were 10 seconds left on the clock and it was fourth and goal from the half-yard line. That would have been amazing, and I agree. Most likely they're going to get it in if they run. They do have a lot of people there up front. They were were stopped in short yardage a few times, but I do think you're underselling Butler, though. That is one of the greatest plays in NFL history. So it's one of the worst calls in NFL history, but it's one of the greatest plays in NFL history. All right, so that's that. Then the celebration ensues. The confetti falls. Like I say, Tom Brady is called the greatest quarterback of all time. Would he be dented at all Yes. had they lost? Because he's already made the drive that he just made against Seattle. He made it against the Giants in the 2007 Super Bowl. That was one of the greatest drives in Super Bowl history, marching down the field after he had gotten harassed and beat all game long. And he goes, he drives it down the field. The one good drive they had all game connects with Randy Moss to win the game. What I thought was to win the game. And no one, no one gives him any credit for that. It, it counts as one that they blew, right? Yeah, no, absolutely so, right. He's not going to get any credit for the comeback. All right, agree on that one. Next, we talk about Belichick and his legacy and his uh, the way people hold him up. I, I think that really would be out the window. I think people would cease calling him the greatest coach of all time. If he blew that in that moment there, well, a people, lot of people like you would be, would say that. I think there would be a lot of people like myself and not just Patriots fans that would kind of stand up for the things he's accomplished over the last 15 years without a Super Bowl title or, or the last 10 years without a Super Bowl title. Everyone saying how, you know, the fact that they get back every year, the in-game adjustment. I don't think it washes all that out the window, but he becomes known as the guy who can't hold on to a Super Bowl win three straight times. His mm-hmm. defense, he's a defensive coach, right. and the defense blows it three straight times. And he's known for his game management. That's kind of what you think of Bill Belichick, always making the right decisions in the heat of the moment. That takes a monster hit because everyone's right. questioning it. Next, we see the Darrell Revis. You say the defense. The defense was back where it was, or at least close to, when they won those three Super Bowls. Yeah. And the key component there, of course, Darrell Revis. Do the Patriots, if they lose this game, treat Revis differently in free agency? Do they make sure they keep him? This gets to an even deeper discussion that I don't even want to think about. Which is, I want you to think about it. Does Bill Check and Robert Kraft possibly get in a situation over Revis that becomes untenable? Because I, I think Be- Belichick has worn the pants in this relationship for a long time. He made the decision not to go to Revis, not to get Revis back. It was clear from what Kraft has said they were ready to just spend the money, and Belichick thought it was irresponsible. Maybe Kraft and Belichick then get after it a little bit over Revis. Who knows? Hmm, interesting. Now the other side of things. Do you think the Seahawks 
first of all, one of their big moves is to bring back Marshawn Lynch, two-year deal. Maybe it'll just prove to be 2015. Yeah, he comes back. Does he still come back? Yeah, he still comes back. You do think so? Why not? I mean, he he was unbelievable in that game. If he scores the Super Bowl-winning touchdown, goes out on top, you think he just wants to sail away? He's been wanting that money, and he just got the contract. He want, I mean, he just got paid. That's that's what he's been honking about for two years. He got the money, so he's back. What about Jimmy Graham? Do you think that the Seahawks make that play? Because it would appear that as some of those defensive pieces have gone away via free agency, that there's an attempt to transition this into a little more potent offense and be able to sling it around a Maybe little bit. Maybe Graham doesn't happen. We certainly don't have the easy leads in our article that, like, okay, the Seahawks don't have to throw it to Ricardo Lockett on the goal line this time around. They've got Jimmy Graham. Maybe they don't feel the need to invest at in Jimmy Graham, trade Max Unger, give up a first-round pick. They feel like they're sailing to multiple Super Bowls on the backs of their defense, and it doesn't really happen. I, I don't really agree with that. The trade was great. They should have done it either way, but I, I think that could have changed it. So at the very least, the boss, Greg Rosenthal, is willing to dip his toe into the waters of speculation here and say, who knows what happens with Belichick and Kraft? I- who who knows if Jimmy Graham is in Seattle? Belichick has blanched that ownership from in Cleveland and in New York. That's why he left. He didn't want to work with Woody Johnson. And you, Kraft is a fan, and he would have not want to lost Revis to the Jets without that Super Bowl in his pocket. Could have become an issue. One more, one more point to make is, of course, Seattle. I mean, uh, the the Patriots, the parade and the accolades and positioning them where they rank. In history and all that, of course, it would be the Seahawks that would be a part of that conversation now. They would have two in a row. How would we be talking about the Seahawks? Because, first of all, Russell Wilson is an individual. You'd be hard-pressed to make a case that he isn't the best quarterback. I know that uh, you, you you can measure him against even Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck is probably more talented. But, you know, it'd be hard to argue against the guy who just won two straight Super Bowls in his first three years, right? It's crazy because if Butler just drops that interception, we probably are talking about Russell Wilson as a chance to become one of the greatest quarterbacks. Oh, he'd be in the Hall of Fame right now. We'd put him in the Hall of Fame. We would be talking about, do the Seahawks have a chance to be the greatest dynasty ever? We'd already basically call them a dynasty. They've got two in a row. They were good even before that. We'd start talking about, like, who could ever knock off the Seahawks? Mm-hmm. So that that would be. Think about the discussion. That's absolutely right. And if they did have two straight, the disgusting thought. And to undo what we said a couple minutes ago, what if they then do get Jimmy Graham? We would just all be throwing our hands in the air. Wait, the two-time champs now get Jimmy Graham? Unfair, we say. I agree. And Seattle, I still have that feeling about Seattle that they could be one of the great teams that we've ever seen because you don't really see this ending. That this was, this was the chance here for them. I mean, they had it. They had a 10-point lead. Carroll's defense blew it. They give up two straight touchdowns in the fourth quarter to Tom Brady. Well, there you see it. We we review it there, and you can see how one play, obviously, you knew it in that moment, though. You don't need to go back in time to realize the significance of that play, but it really has informed, probably at least, some major decisions that have happened from both organizations over the last uh, two months here. Hey, Greg Rosenthal, what a pleasure to see you. It was fine. It was great to be up here. I mean, I'm never up, up up here in Studio 66 with Damashek. I love it. We love having the boss up here. Greg Rosenthal from around the from around the NFL. Excuse me. Thanks, fella, and congratulations again on number four. Oh, thank you. Day. Oh, day.
All right, so there it goes, Greg Rosenthal. Good times with him. Appreciate uh, you checking out the video at NFL.com that he and I just did. Visual aids to help uh, bring it to life for you. We'll be back on the other side of the weekend. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.